you're listening to I Feel For You, a podcast about life learning moments, feelings, discoveries, and well, just about anything at all, really. I'm your host, Dion, a creative coach, yoga, movement and meditation teacher, writer and DJ, and I'm based between the UK and Norway mostly, but we don't let imaginary topographies hold us back, right? Most of my work is via the internet, which makes for a delightful concoction of infinite possibilities for you and for me. Okay, I'm resisting the urge to sing Michael Jackson here. That might come later, because today, my friends, we are talking about a big, nay, huge learning moment that I've had recently about pleasure and choosing to say yes to joy and why it's good for your business and your life. That was my RuPaul impression. Are you ready? We're going in. Hello darlings, how are you doing? I hope that you're thriving and feeling fabulous and limitless and effervescent as you are. I even wore a gown in your honour and in the spirit of today's episode recording, but it was making too much noise so I had to change. So please know that the intention was there. In fact, this reminds me of a clip that I want to send you of our patron saint, Eartha Kitt, doing the most and the best in her gown. I'll put it in the show notes for you because, you know, that's where the gifts that keep on giving reside. And boy, do I have a lot for you today, which we're going to get into. But hey, first, I have a question for you. Are you joyful? Do you allow yourself pleasure. It almost seems disingenuous or even rude to ask in these times that we're living in. But joy and soul nourishment are so vital for us in all ways. It's obvious, we know this, but it's not always accessible. I bumped into a chum I hadn't seen in a while in Brighton recently, and we were lamenting about how we both ached for more joy that joy was going to be a priority for us going forward because, you know, we want to enjoy the rest of our years on this planet. In dark times, especially in dark times, we must find ways to be joyful, to remind ourselves of the light, to tap into that frequency of delight, to relish in good feeling as the very talented Jodie Abacus would sing. Speaking of which, as I'm that person and can't seem to formulate an entire sentence without some kind of musical reference, I'm simply going to link you in the show notes to a playlist I made you about saying yes to joy and pleasure and good stuff. Call it a soundtrack for manifesting joy or simply a plethora of hype people egging you on to say yes to it, to dip your toe into a pleasurable, audible soup. Is that gross? I don't know. And I don't know about you, but music has helped me through some of the toughest times for sure. And the impact of music on our ability to process our feels and shift our state and tap into joy is real. Let's go on a little tangent, shall we? If you'll allow me to indulge, that is. I know I'm not alone in my feels when I speak about music giving me life. Okay, that's enough with the RuPaul impressions, but music gives me life on so many levels. Most of my feels have an accompanying soundtrack, and that's why I called my radio show Feelings, of course, and why this particular podcast lurks in the same territory. And probably also why I've got thousands of Spotify playlists. Help. It's because sound is such a huge emotive thing. Music can transform and transport us to other places. And it's not surprising when we think about sound and the body-mind connection. Nada yoga, which really loosely translates to the yoga of sound, is a philosophy and a practice in itself. And I'd often use that example when people would be hating on me for doing yoga discos all those years ago. You remember those? So when we think about energy practices, perhaps we can reference our energy centre of communication, which includes speaking, singing and listening, etc., which is the fifth chakra, darling, a.k.a. Vishuddha, which I talk about 
a lot, please refer to podcast episode seven, where I speak on how blockages in this energy region impact on finding our voice. And I offer you some tips on how to find flow. I'll link you in the show notes. By the way, show notes can be found at ifeelforyoupodcast.com. This is episode 16. And the main reason I talk about this fifth chakra area of communication a lot is because it's an area that I'm working on balancing too. Anatomically, the fifth chakra is located in the throat, around the ears and the shoulders. And when it's balanced, we enable healthy expression flowing in and out, speaking our truth, listening well. Sound is also connected to all the other energy centers of the body too. Each chakra, for example, has a sound and a vibration to it, which is really useful as a tool for checking in to see if things are balanced. Again, I go more into that in episode seven of this podcast. So if you're interested, check that out. One of my teachers, Anadia Judith, sums it up well in one of my long-term fave books, which is called Eastern Body, Western Mind, which I believe I've been harping on about for about eight years or so now. And I'm going to read you an excerpt. Let me get it. Well worn, this one. She says, music deliciously combines upper and lower chakra experiences. It bathes the body in rhythm and resonance while entertaining the mind with its complexity of meter, melody, instrumentation and message. Music unites the soul of the body with the mind and spirit. Isn't that lovely? I think so. And for those hungry for more on energy delight, let's dive deeper into how that mind, body and spirit connection looks. So another one of my teachers, T.S. Little, speaks on the way music travels through the body and affects our entire being via the limbic system. He says, Technically speaking, music travels across auditory nerves to the thalamus in the brain, which affects our emotions. The thalamus then stimulates the cortex, which sends responsive impulses back to the thalamus and the hypothalamus. The circuit, known as the thalamus reflex, produces foot tapping and body swaying as the music intensifies. We've all been there, right? I'll continue. Surrounding the thalamus is the limbic system. This is the part of the brain that is most connected to emotions and to the endocrine system, which affects the chakras and influences our involuntary processes of breathing, heart rate, circulation and glandular secretions. Mm, glandular secretions. <laughs> and you've probably come across the limbic system, especially if you're interested in the way stress affects the body. It's this area really deep inside the center of the brain and it has a profound effect on the way that we feel. It's responsible for emotions and behavior, instincts, memories, arousal and stimulation and more. And a major part of the limbic system is the thalamus, which is a portion of the brain which is responsible for detecting and relaying information from our senses, like smell and vision, for example. And although emotions originate from the limbic system, the nature of these emotions and whether they're positive or negative is mainly influenced by our frontal lobes, which is that part in the front of the brain, you know, that part of the brain that developed later in our evolution. So the limbic system and the frontal lobes kind of talk to each other. They're working in tandem to influence our experience. So you might imagine the frontal lobes interpreting a situation and events and then communicating that interpretation via these little roads to the limbic system. And then they produce the appropriate reactions such as joy or our ability to focus or concentrate on something, creativity too, pleasure and so on. So we can think about this influence, this biological influence on our quest for joy. Of course, everything's connected. So it's not just this kind of physical, biological state. It's very much connected to our emotions, our feelings, our energy, and so on. So we can think about that as we experience an emotive piece of music, for example, that perhaps carries a memory of some kind and how that influences us, how it makes us feel. Hello to all those moments of heartbreak and joy and so on. So the effects of music are profound and they can make us feel some type of way. Do you know what I mean? We kind of know this already though, right? Hands up who's ever cried into a pillow whilst listening to Björk on repeat. 
Just me? I know you're out there. In fact, I had a visceral reaction to music a few weeks ago at the Michael Jackson exhibition at the National Portrait Gallery. You know the one, On The Wall? I'll link it for you in the show notes. It's called On The Wall and I'm interested. Have you been? Boy, honestly, I got my entire life served to me there. Literally packaged it up, wrapped it in some kind of biodegradable sequin fabric and received it whole in rapturous glory life okay I said I wasn't going to do that anymore sorry and of course there's so many Michael Jackson songs that I love right and this could be a digression so I'll try and stay on point here but to be honest I'd really like to know your faves so send me some songs you know how to reach me I feel for you podcast.com back to it then so yeah MJ's music is so healing for me but what was interesting was that at the exhibition Where I got that life served back with a glass case of emotion, my feelings came from the sounds of other humans singing his songs. The fans. It's definitely for the fans. So in one part of the gallery, there's an installation by an artist called Candice Brights, and that was extremely emotive. I don't think I'm ruining this for you, but there came a point when I was lusting after some MJ garment that was very shiny, obviously, when I heard what sounded like a choir of kids singing his songs. So obviously I had to be all up in it. And I went on the hunt and found this piece, which was essentially a dark room filled with screens featuring 16 people or so singing Michael Jackson songs and sometimes bussing a move because you know it cannot be helped when it comes to MJ and I can't tell you the range of feelings I felt watching them feel the music you know like when you watch someone cry and you can't help but cry yourself is that just me well anyway I was crying and guffawing and roaring with laughter and feeling joy in a way that I haven't felt in a really long time, to be honest. So that 45 minute loop of joyous expression really reminded me of the power of music and song and healing. And all that crying and laughing made my jaw ache from the joy. Don't you just love that? Can you think of the last time you felt that way? God, I'm smiling just thinking about it. They did that. Candice, you did that. So shout out and props and hype sounds and dog barking emphatically sounds of appreciation for that. I'm like circling my fist into the air and kind of whooping for joy. (laughs) And if you're interested in that, I just banged my knee with excitement. But if you're interested in that, the piece is called King, a portrait of Michael Jackson. And you might have seen clips on my Instagram stories or... I think I saved them, in fact, if you want to kind of trawl through them. They should be filed under July. Um, And you can also find them on YouTube. So to be honest, in real life, it's simply awe-inspiringly joyful. And I really, really recommend it. And I'm not paid to say that. I just want you to feel the joy if you're into that. But of course, I'm not saying that going to an exhibition about Michael Jackson is the answer to everything or that it will magically create joy in your world. But I do recommend it if you're in London in the next few months, because it might. I do, however, recommend a daily prescription of sounds that delight you, however you consume it. Again, a reminder of the playlist that I made for you that goes with this show that I'm going to put into the show notes for you, as well as my radio show Feelings, which is a buffet of sound sandwiches that I hope you will enjoy. No mayo. Hold the mayo. Okay, this has been a digression indeed, but I wanted to add a final thought on the power of music from our beloved Peter Tosh, who said, I'm not going to do an accent. I'm sorry, I can't. When I moved back from the Caribbean to the UK, I had such a thick accent and people would tease me all the time. And I'd say things like cheese and bread and my peers would really laugh (laughs) because they were teenagers and really cruel and mean. But anyway, um, that was a digression. I'm not going to do the accent. This is Peter Tosh. Music is a science. It heals depression. It awakens. Most people don't know. They just take music for an entertainment, something to dance to and enjoy yourself and you go to bed and forget it tomorrow, music must never be forgotten. It's like a fountain that keeps on flowing. Isn't that wonderful? So speaking of flow, I wanted to touch on another tool to access joy. And it's quite simple. It's saying yes to it when we mean it. Because 
I think one of the greatest barriers to accessing joy is that we can block and deny it. Sometimes that's intentionally and other times it's more unconscious. For example, I've noticed the habit in myself to automatically dismiss and deny pleasure. Do you ever do that? I think that it's just been so long really since starting my businesses eight years ago or so and denying myself holidays simply because for the most part I was living hand-to-mouth which isn't the easiest when you're living in Norway for example one of the most expensive countries in the world and if you're not doing stuff that fits into the quote-unquote normal way of life but anyway I hope that's changing because you know I'm trying to live my life outside those limiting boundaries of what is normal to be honest because I think we get to choose but I digress Denying pleasure, denying holidays and having resistance to pleasure and joy because everything needed to be focused on surviving and putting all my energy into my businesses. Some of you know that I plan to go on a pilgrimage to Greece this year. It was a big moment. I put it on my vision board and everything because, you know, I haven't taken a holiday which is a really privileged position to be in, to even make that statement, you know, just to even consider the idea of going on a holiday, which I completely realise and sort of slightly hate myself for, but um, hate's a strong word. Let's change that energy channel and, yeah, back to the vision. I decided at the beginning of this year that I was going to take a holiday for absolute pleasure, do something that I really wanted to do just for the sake of doing it because, yeah, life. And some of you know that that didn't happen. I mean, it was a combination of stuff, things like deadlines and work that couldn't really be moved and also waiting to get paid. (laughs) That was a big one, you know, especially if you're getting paid from Norway because (laughs) I don't know if you know this, but most Norwegians take like a month off. And if you try and get hold of anyone in Norway in July, it's kind of a (laughs) no-no. Nothing's going to happen. So, yeah. (laughs) think about that when you put your invoices in so anyway let's get back to it I'd been waiting eight years for this holiday my friends and of course I travel heaps for work right so I think a lot of people see that I am in different places I was in the south of France in May which was divine and beautiful it was a working holiday and I'm so grateful that I get to do that so in ways I've had access to like these joy moments and I was in Morocco in February and was sick for the entire time but you know with work I'm in Norway heaps going back and forth in fact I'm there for the whole of next week but you know even though I travel heaps for work this holiday to Greece was very much a big deal and it was something that I really wanted to make happen this year and I haven't been able to do that and by the way if this is speaking to you at all the idea of you know really really needing a holiday really wanting to take a break but just not being able to do it then I've got you and I wrote a whole blog post about what to do when you can't take a holiday which might be useful for you if you are feeling a bit stuck and burned out at the same time so I'll link that for you in the show notes stop singing Dion so head to ifeelforyoupodcast.com this is episode 16 So yeah, I'm sure you understand. This wasn't just a holiday. It was a dream. As I said, it was on my vision board and everything. So I'm looking at it every day, manifesting, putting my energy into imagining pleasure in the moment and had the flights and everything and oh, the pain of having to let them go and all of that kind of guilt that goes with it. Just having to surrender to the idea of not being able to make the holiday happen for a while and surrender to the frustration and the guilt and the wretched feelings and the shame of even having the luxury to be peeved that I wasn't able to go away and have a break you know some people don't even have that luxury and I feel that you know I've been on the planet a long time and I feel I've known that life you know I grew up not going away on holidays that wasn't a thing that my family did I grew up on accounts of state very early on in my life and you know It just wasn't even an idea that I could have in my head. So this holiday was more than just a kind of a frivolous moment. It was really tied up with being able to change my ideas about allowing myself pleasure and joy and feeling deserving of those things, even though it wasn't necessarily something I grew up learning. You know what I mean? Do you relate to this? So Greece has always been a place that's 
been close to my heart. I did a lot of traveling around Greece in my 20s and yeah, just had so many adventures and so many incredible experiences. Yeah, and a lot of great friends who live in Greece and just, yeah, it's really a place that um, that I associate with joy and pleasure and wonder and adventure and yeah, food. Um, (laughs) You know me, you know my stomach, but anyway. Yeah, so of course, when I realized that I wasn't able to go, I wanted to mope around and be sad for a while and to be honest, just sulk. <laughs> and I got sick for a few days, which was probably a manifestation of the build-up of yuck feelings and also pushing myself in a time when I really just needed a break, you know? You know that point in the summer and like literally everyone around you is just off somewhere and you're like, here we are again. <laughs> one day it's going to be me, one day, one sweet day. And you know, you guys, I love my work. I love my work and I'm so grateful to be able to do what I do. But the whole reason I wanted to prioritize a holiday this year is because, you know, I'm tired. It's been a long road of grafting and moving countries and creating businesses and projects and concepts, which I've loved. But without the space for an actual break, an official boundaried break, do you know what I mean? And I think there's value in that for all of us, taking a damn break. And if that's something that speaks to you too, or something that you struggle with, I wrote another blog post, especially for you. And I also speak about it with Shettle in podcast episode 13, where we talk a bit more about what we do and some of the struggles that we have and ways that we've kind of overcome certain things or things that we're still working on so I will link both of those in the show notes and really hope they help you out and so back to the moping grump (laughs) that I was at some point in July I'm guessing yeah and so just having a few days of feeling terribly sad gave way to something that I don't think would have happened if I'd have gone away to Greece. And I'm not trying to justify the fact that I denied myself the pleasure of a holiday this summer. And I hate to be that it all happens for a reason type of person. But in hindsight, towards the end of this situation of feeling yuck, there was a learning moment. I feel we need a jingle for a learning moment somehow. And in fact, it wasn't just one learning moment. There were a few of them. So what really helped pull me out of the yuck was trying to be honest about my feels and to not cut myself off from people who did care. So I reached out to friends to check in on them, which generally helps me because it gets me out of my own head and instead focuses my attention on what they might need and I can support them with. And that gave way for a different energy. Coincidentally, a good friend of mine in London messaged me to say, oh, tomorrow it's my day off and I'm going on a museum day to a couple of exhibitions. Let me know if you're ever up and fancy going sometime. And my heart, when I read that message, was like, oh, Dion, do you remember when you used to do that? And you used to just have these artist dates for yourself, just for input and inspiration. When was the last time you did that? And I just sat there and I thought, I literally don't remember the last time I did that. Just on my own, going up to London and having a solo date. So I looked at my to-dos for the rest of the week and, you know, working for yourself can sometimes be pretty flexible if you allow it to be, which usually I don't. I can be quite strict with myself. And I looked at the following day and I just thought, oh, there's an opening. I, I actually could do it like I don't have meetings there's nothing kind of set in stone there's no appointment that I have that I have to that I have to be there for it's not a coaching day I'm not teaching that day there's a possibility but as soon as there was that moment I was batting it off with excuses why I couldn't do it and to cut a long story short it took me about 20 hours of just racking my brain in anguish and going through the guilt and the pros and the cons of why I should allow myself to go up to London and have a joy day and also consider my anxiety because usually I'm with Finaman when I'm traveling anywhere and it's generally a work trip right so it's a different energy it's very focused and there's usually not a lot of time to be doing anything but focusing on 
all the logistics, the tasks in hand and just being really present with whatever comes up, be that in London or at the airport or traveling through Norway or whatever. And I'm grateful for that, but to consider pleasure for my whole self, this trip, it was so shish kebabs, it was so confronting. And so eventually after goodness knows how many clarity tools I tried to make a decision, like walking or writing or listening or making lists or flipping coins or talking to my intuition, gut energy, yo, I guess you can kind of guess where this is going. I did decide to go, but not without that resistance trying to sway me off the course of pleasure. So after making that decision, there was more resistance in the morning. So getting on the train felt like a huge barrier, for example. And sure, yeah, I travel a fair amount, but it's all related to work, not pleasure. So reframing that was a huge deal and it felt big. And I was nervous and my anxiety was high. I'd barely slept due to two randy cats outside the night before. Were they angry? Maybe they were doing something else. Either way, a lack of sleep plus anxiety isn't the most wonderful concoction, not the best state you really want to be in. <laughs> anyway, self-sabotage was ready to take me down as I purposefully slowed down before heading to the train station, kind of thinking to myself, oh, I'll probably miss my train and then I can't go and perhaps there's no point and then I'll just have to stay home and you know the rest, a kind of punishing monologue in my head. So of course I had to push through and I ended up going and it was just what I needed. And it was so perfect. I mean, of course, there was the exhibition that I spoke about that gave me so much inspiration and kind of confirmed so many ideas and things that I'd been ruminating on and, and exploring in my own personal practice and developing in workshops that are coming up that I'm leading and things that I wanted to dive deeper into. And I just had so much confirmation and like a filling in of the blanks when I allowed myself that room to be inspired and touched and to feel joy. And also it was wonderful because I got to hang out with gorgeous friends. And then I ran into a random friend, which was no coincidence, just bumping into them as I was heading to get my train back in a really strange part of London and being able to reconnect with friends who are out there doing their thing like they're on their path, they're so fearless, they're so brave and creating beautiful things in the world and I really admire them and yeah, just randomly bumping into them and revisiting places and feelings and basically remembering joy and pleasure and purpose. I'm sorry, that was a massive digression, but it kind of looped back round and brought me back to my priorities and remembering who I was and who I am. And of course, this is always changing for us, right? But yeah, just having that day, it was as though there was a decision that I made to step into pleasure. I'm not sure if there's a better way of saying this, I don't know, but just deciding to put everything aside work-wise and guilt-wise and just allow myself that indulgence and it's not even about spending money, of course, yeah, there's a train ticket and maybe there's an entry ticket somewhere, but just allowing myself to indulge in pleasure and really putting that first was kind of like a massive revelation for me. And I don't think I would have got that if I'd gone to Greece. Okay, I probably would have, who knows, but it was just a different experience of facing up to that and realizing that allowing yourself joy, saying yes to joy and pleasure is a big part of your business, an important part of your business. It's the part that enables you to stay clear and inspired and motivated you know, and as I said, like the confirmation I received going to this exhibition, for example, the signs that I had when I was there, it was no coincidence. 
coming back home on the train and randomly somehow a friend had like sent me a message who's also like based in London and connecting with that person as I started my journey home and just sharing ideas and excitement and feeling so full of not just ideas but inspiration and also for want of a better word feeling unclogged was just literally so clarifying and as I was on the train home and even though I'd been writing anyway during the month and during that period and and I'd made podcasts and recorded them and edited them to put out for you but just failed to put them out into the world there was like a a clog that I'd experienced before this day where I wasn't allowing myself to follow through that something was getting in the way there was a resistance by the way sorry about that and um but yeah being on that train home and I usually write on trains anyway I really like <laughs> trains I, and airplanes as well I really enjoy writing in those spaces um I don't know that just feels like like a kind of openness and um I really enjoy like like moving through space and grounding thoughts on paper <laughs> do you know what I mean uh, maybe it's just me but anyway being on the train and writing and connecting some dots and just like kind of noting down these aha moments you know was really helpful and motivating and then I got home from the station to some really exciting emails and someone had offered me some bodywork because they wanted to do an exchange and wanted some one-to-one coaching with me which was great because I hadn't been able to prioritize getting a massage and so I knew I was desperately in need of it because you know my body is a big part of my job so it's kind of like getting a regular service if you know what I mean you know anyway it's weird how things happen this opportunity to connect and exchange coaching which is pure joy and then the receiving of this tremendous body work and ah, it's so wonderful so a lot of stuff happened in 24 hours I went for body work the morning after and it was on point and there was also the soul nourishment of connecting with and working with a peer where we dug deep into the stuff that we're passionate about like body work obviously and the energy body and the subtle body and trauma related stuff which you know I'm really interested in and neuroscience and also being able to hold space for that person and supporting her in her quest to build her business and expand her business and feeling that excitement and confirmation of being in exactly the right place do you know what I mean by that especially after being so badly burned in the past with work collaborations where the energy is off or weird or simply strange or worse offensive which is probably something for another podcast the relief of connecting with someone who yeah I felt just we had a soul connection and that was really exciting like some gates opened anyway after I got home from the bodywork another amazing opportunity came up to go to a friend's event and it's someone who I really admire and appreciate on this planet and dare I say feel for him like a kind of uncle of sorts is that offensive I hope not I mean it's a compliment and anyway his name is Colin Grant and he's a historian and a writer and by the way he has some wonderful books one of them which is my favorite one is called Bag Eye at the Wheel which is particularly close to my heart and my own story to be honest so do check that out I'll link you in the show notes no promo I mean it is promo I mean I'm not being paid anyway big up Colin (laughs) Anyway, Colin has a night he does in Brighton called Speaky Spokey, where he invites different writers and performers to come and share their work. And he emailed me to say that although it was already sold out, he felt I'd really enjoy the lineup and that it was happening, you know, in a couple of hours. So (laughs) did I want to come along? And I had one of those moments, you know, where I watched myself. And at first there was this joy, this feeling of, oh, wow, what an opportunity followed by this automatic response that said, no, you can't. (laughs) So I stopped and I tuned into that resistance. What was it actually saying? And what I heard was this voice inside me that was saying, 
Oh my goodness, it's been so long since I've been spontaneous like this. I was spontaneous for two whole days so far. Can I really do a third day of spontaneity? This is crazy. Do you deserve to have a night of pleasure and inspiration, Dion? Surely you should curb it in. And it's funny. Because the thing is, as soon as I gave myself space to really witness my resistance, I could soften. Do you know what I mean? I felt like I could really see what was going on and offer a more rational and balanced retort, which was the acknowledgement of the events of the previous couple of days since deciding to say yes, and an acknowledgement of the joy and the pleasure and the flow that I felt after saying yes. You know, there were so many signs or calls to action following my decision to say yes to joy, yes to pleasure. So I reflected for a moment more, I kind of let myself soak in it. And of course I went and it was life. Okay, I'm not gonna do that anymore, but I, I went and it was life. And I was in rapture the whole evening and got to connect with such great people and drink in inspiration like a wanton cocktail of delight. P.S. I'm gonna link you to a blog post of things that are making me feel delicious lately via my latest inspiration station in the show notes. So do go and have a look. I've linked to some of the performers there and I think you might dig them too. Particular shout outs to Raymond Antrobus who snatched my edges in the most wonderful way possible. Do check him out. Anyway, back to this conscious acknowledgement moment where I decided to say yes, yes to joy. It's a conscious decision and it's a conscious action, but I think it's about a deep listening to our subconscious, you know? Because when I slowed down enough to listen to my automatic resistance that claps back against any kind of goodness that I might be offered, instead I could let that flow through me and give space to something else. And I remember thinking about my vision board this year. You've probably seen it. It's in my saved Instagram stories, so (laughs) feel free to check it out if you want to have a gander. And I was thinking about all the areas of my life that I wanted to give time and good energy to, for example, the coaching side of things and being official with it rather than hiding it away, secretly working one to one with people and instead just putting it out there and allowing myself to be of service. Also on the vision board, the opportunity to fill up after this seven year intensity. And there was a lot of things about inspiration and arts and movement and writing and speaking and all of it which connects so much with what I'm doing right now and thinking about when I decided to say yes and what I received in return was like a platter that was served in my face and it was as though a voice that I'd been ignoring for so long confronted me and it said what do you want to do then Dion what is it what's it going to be because you know are we are you going to go for this are you going to take this goodness or are you just going to hide in your room trying to squeeze out more stuff when you're parched and empty hmm <laughs> i can imagine it neck snapping as it says that <laughs> lovingly aggressive but yeah man this summer has definitely been one of deep internal work and it keeps bringing me back to my priorities the priorities that i'd set out in january in my vision board the priorities that are kind of been orbiting but maybe avoiding stepping into, you know? And I hope that by hearing my learning moments of recent weeks really support you to access that call to connect, not just with your own priorities, but with your purpose and your feel good and your pleasure principle. I'm really trying not to sing Janet Jackson, but here we are. (laughs) And the lesson we know we need pleasure and joy and that creativity needs space and rest and and joy that we need to fill up our cups it's like the exhale to the inhale it requires us to create space as a lifestyle and it requires us to implement self-care as a necessity And yeah, I've spoken about us stopping the glorification of busy a lot over the years and self-care too and all those kinds of things that are related to that, like burnout, for example. 
I've spoken about them for so long because it's so close to my own heart and it comes up time and time again with my one-to-one coaching clients too. So I know that I'm not alone in this journey and that so many of us can be so disconnected from our own pleasure. We deny ourselves joy and goodness. So what gets in the way? There's a great talk by one of my long-term faves, Tara Brock. And I think it was about saying yes to life. And it's so funny, you know, it's funny and weird and coincidental and non-coincidental, right? Because I listened to this after planning this podcast and then had this aha moment, you know? So there was this talk that Tara did and there's meditation within that about saying yes and meeting your edge and softening. And it referenced the unconscious patterns that we might hold that have become a habit. The ones that keep us identifying with a separate, threatened self, she describes it as. And that resistance, such as denying ourselves pleasure or joy, creates tension and constriction, be that physically, mentally, and so on. And I speak about this a lot in classes and retreats and workshops. Because this patterning, as we know in neuroscience, has everything to do with the ways we have done things. You know, the neuropathways, the kind of highways of our brain that are familiar and do things in a particular way because that's what we're used to. It might be walking a particular way to work or carrying a bag in one particular way or always reaching for something with the same hand, you know? And we can look at ways that that can be really unhealthy, like for me, extreme nationalism. Nationalism in general, I find it a bit weird to be honest, but you know, I'm kind of (laughs) a nowhere person, so nowhere and everywhere. But yeah, this doing something in a particular way, because that's what we're used to doing, is kind of a way to stay in control too. And this can be useful, right? For example, driving a car or riding a bike or knowing our way home from work or not touching a hot stove but sometimes these pathways aren't helpful for example saying no to stuff that we want and denying ourselves joy and pleasure or simply being out of habit in allowing ourselves a wonderful indulgence this patterning of thinking can keep us small We're not growing or expanding. We're not creating new pathways in our brain. So it takes a lot in some ways to be able to change that, right? It takes a surrendering of what we know and a letting go of the ego, which naturally wants to control things and know everything, which again, can be useful. It can keep us safe, but then it can be a hindrance too, right? Because it can keep us from growth, exploration, opportunity. So it means surrendering to something else and saying yes to something that calls us and by doing that, allowing a new experience into our world or if that feels too much, even a new thought process, the possibility of saying yes to something that we want. But let's just for a moment dig into why we might say no or why the patterning to refuse pleasure or joy is so strong for some of us. And this denial is often referred to as the negativity bias. And it's the pathway that's looking for what's wrong or what bad stuff lurks around the corner. And if you're over the age of 25 and haven't met that yet in your life, then wow, yes, go you. (laughs) And this habitual way of saying no to things that we actually want, like pleasure, this negativity bias keeps us from happiness, of course. Instead, we're looking for reasons to justify why we shouldn't do something, or rather, why we should remain in that negative state. Are you catching my learning moment? I'm talking as though all this stuff's easy, and I know really and truly how hard it can be to shift my state when there's been years of deprivation and withholding from goodness. So if that's you, I'd like to say that I'm here, holding space for you to feel however you need to feel right now, especially if resistance is coming up but also to remind you of hope in the form of something called neuroplasticity, which again, have been speaking a lot about over the years and something that's also been trending in recent years, but for good reason, I think. 
neuroplasticity describes advancements in neuroscience which has discovered really hopeful and exciting evidence and that is that we're able to learn new ways of doing things we can basically retrain our brain which is why i find things like meditation and affirmation work and yoga nidra so encouraging and useful we can retrain our brain you guys so happiness joy pleasure however you choose to define those good feelings they're all accessible to us and not in that whole weak ass love and light spiritual bypassing kind of way that's dismissing the resistance but in real and tangible and evidential ways i don't know about you but i find that really encouraging and however hardwired our patterning is we have an opportunity to work with that there's hope and we can begin to say yes to the things that we want and by doing so, we also open up a heap of opportunities for joy and pleasure and all that good stuff. So surrendering to something else, saying yes to something that calls us and allowing a new experience into our world. What's also exciting is when we start to practice this in action, basically being able to say yes to what we want, saying yes to pleasure, we start to open up a heap of opportunities for joy and pleasure and all that good stuff. We find flow. And that is what I think is the sweet spot, you know? Getting out of your own way so that you can get your own way. Tune into that deep internal voice, those guides or your intuition or your higher self or whatever you wanna label it as because we all have access to it. It's just that sometimes we forget and it's okay because life is busy. And we're all carrying different stuff and different amounts of stuff. And sometimes it's heavy. And we feel we might be so far away from this internal part of us that wants joy and pleasure that it's almost hopeless. But I'm here to remind you that it is possible and it's always possible. And I think that the key is giving space to allow yourself to witness where you're at and also choosing to remember that change is possible. Pleasure and joy are accessible, but it might require us surrendering to something, surrendering to the resistance that's there, surrendering to us needing to ask for help with it. You know what I mean? So I wanna remind you of some things. I wanna remind you to reach out, to connect, however lonely or isolated or sad you might feel. And I wanna remind you to know that you are deserving of goodness, of pleasure, joy, euphoria. I wanna remind you to find your exhale. And that might mean you dig into some exercises to get those good juices flowing. And I've got a blog post of 15 things you can do to shift your state as an example. And I encourage you to make your own list. Perhaps consider creating an encyclopedia of pleasure. Do you know what one is? It's okay if not. I know I can be extra about this stuff, but it's something I tend to do in my workshops and retreats. And I've made you a downloadable guide, which you can get access to from the show notes, ifeelforyoupodcast.com. And this is episode 16. This is a tool I fall back on regularly and use in my workshops too. Also, it's fun because you can be as extra as you like if you are like me. <laughs> Also, I want to remind you the power of music to shift our state can't be ignored. And I'll put that playlist in the show notes for you. I hope you dig. And if you're looking for support in finding your flow, I have a six month coaching journey called Just That, Find Your Flow. And as I said earlier, pleasure and joy has everything to do with your work in the world, whether you run your own business or work for someone else, but have some deep rooted dreams for something more. It has everything to do with how you engage with life and it's definitely something that comes up regularly for my clients and we work to dig deep into that, which often means looking at what's happening and why and how we can interrupt the stuff that's not working and create new, more effective core beliefs and useful ways to move through resistance. It's so close to my heart. I mean, it's an amalgamation of 26 years of my working life's work to this point. So if there's a voice that's speaking to you to step forwards with that, 
I'll be opening up a limited number of one-to-one spaces for September. So if you feel that's something for you and it's a good time for you to do that, check out the link in the show notes to find out more. So I'd love to continue the conversation and hear what you think about saying yes to joy and pleasure and all that good stuff means for you. Do you find it easy to give yourself pleasure and to tap into joy? If so, what tools or habits do you use? Or do you struggle to access joy and pleasure at the moment? Reach out to me because I'm here for you. And don't forget, there's tons of free tools and resources for feel good available on my site, dion.space. There's the Music and Meditation Project, which is a free download if you're interested in exploring meditation. There's a heap of free yoga video resources, some with particular emphasis on things like stress and or anxiety and or grief and joy, which I'll link for you in the show notes. There's also my digest, which is sent with love to my subscribers and they get first dibs and feel good treats as well as tons of encouragement and hopefully pizzazz, sometimes via memes. Aren't they the same thing? So if you want to sign up for that, head to dion.space forward slash digest. And in person, of course, I'll be back in Norway at the end of September sharing my autumn yoga and movement workshops, which combine creativity, real life tools and techniques for you to get closer to that inner voice, to be able to listen and take care of yourself and give attention to what you need. There's just a few slots remaining. I know most Norwegians have been away for a month and I tried to open it up in time to give you notice. But yeah, I'm sorry if you've just got back and you're just hearing this. So I recommend jumping on board if you're thinking of joining us. Drop me a message. You know where to head, Dion.space. Well, my loves, that was a super beefy vegan option episode. But I really hope that it serves you and that you feel the love and the support and the encouragement from me to you. To do you, to live your best life and indulge in good feelings, joy, pleasure, the whole shebang. So if you've made it this far, then wow, I bow to you. I love you. Thanks so much for listening and see you soon. Bye.